you go. So um, we just heard before we sang uh, Eternal Father Strong to save. Uh, we just heard from Mark the importance of Memorial Day. And really just want to say again a big thank you to him uh, for meeting with me and, and, and talking through uh, some of the things that we were able to talk through. Um, but today isn't really about those who are still here. It's about those who have given their life in service. And Jesus said to his disciples, uh, this is my command that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice is a massive part of what being a disciple is all about. And as we spend some time today, um, I'm sure many of you will tomorrow as well be remembering, like we said, three o'clock and through the day, uh, those who have given what we call the ultimate sacrifice in the service of their country, the laying down of their life for their friend. And it's humbling to think about that. It's humbling to be in the presence of those who have indeed served. Those who not only served their country, but served their spouse as their spouse served their country. Um, and for any of you here in the room, like I've said already, all those of you watching at home, um, those of you who maybe even catch this at a later date, I want to press in to a few things this morning about uh, sacrifice. Um, and for us, we see the ultimate sacrifice, and, and Fern spoke a little bit about it, as the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And all that that means for us, it's the perfect example of sacrifice. And from that point, I then want to drill in a little bit um, into those words that Nicodemus spoke to Jesus. And that Jesus then replied with, you need to be born again. The most commonly quoted verse of the scriptures is, I think, most likely John 3.16, which many of you will be able to say in whichever version you learned it. <laughs> um, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God still loves the world. And he still loves it as much like Fern said. He loves you. He loves me. That he came and he died on the cross to take the punishment, to take our place for all the sin and all that is wrong in this world. And you've probably heard it before, but if you were the only person here on earth, he'd have done it anyway. Because you mean that much to him. But that reading for today, Fern kind of stopped at John 3.16. But the lectionary actually has us going to John 3.17. And John 3.17 doesn't get quoted quite as much. But it says, 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, God wants all people to be saved. He wants everyone to turn to him and say yes to a relationship with him. For many of you, you will know that saying yes brings with it a sacrifice. Saying yes is not easy. It requires us to turn away from the things that we want to do. It requires us to pick up our cross. It requires us to walk the ways of Christ, which go sometimes against the ways of the flesh. And we have that battle going on in our lives as we do this. See, God wants everyone. He wants everyone. And he wants us to be able to walk that way. And he's there to help us walk that way. And he puts other people in our lives to help us walk that way. Other people who will make sacrifice for us. On Tuesday last week, we had our monthly uh, discipleship for all um, time together. We meet on Zoom. Um, anyone's, uh, anyone can join us at any time. Um, they don't tend to follow on from each other. Um, but this week, last week was part one of two. So if you want to join us next time, uh, you might want to watch uh, the previous. It's on the website already, um, and, and the link there uh, to the video on YouTube as well. Um, so have a watch. We were talking a little bit about temptation. And if we look at temptation, because uh, temptation comes to all of us. Uh, whether we choose to live a life as a disciple of Christ or we're on that fringe and we're not quite sure, uh, any of you watching at home or, or, or any of you here um, in, in, in the room, um, if you've not quite fully committed to Jesus, you're still going to be tempted. Okay? Uh, temptation isn't something that's for Christians alone. Um, but the difference is that... For us, when we fall into temptation and we succumb to it, we know the result is sin. For anyone who hasn't got to know Jesus or doesn't have a relationship with people who are helping them to get to discover Jesus, well, they don't know what sin is. They might have heard the word before, but they don't know what sin is because it's not affected them in the same way that it has those who know Jesus. Because Jesus teaches us what sin is. You think about it, before you knew Jesus, did you know sin? Well, you may have done, but you didn't know that's what it was. Temptation will still come. And temptation will still come to us long after we've said yes to Jesus. But with him, we get to defeat temptation. Yes, we still fall because the flesh has power, okay? The flesh has power over us sometimes, and we give into it. Sometimes we give it more power than we should. We're actively conscious about our sin on occasion. 
But we've taken time this morning already to look at, as we do in most of our gatherings together, to come to him and to repent. And to seek the assurance of forgiveness. See, John 3.17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, is a very, very important part of Scripture. It tells us a great deal about who God is, what God has done, and what the result of what he has done is. See, we have got the ability to come to the Father. We have got the ability to come to him through the Son and in the power of the Spirit to realize, to be reminded of, and to be accepted in his forgiveness. And that's the key for us today. Okay? If we come to him and we are not truly repentant, we're not forgiven. Does that mean he doesn't love you? No. Okay, and we get very much caught up today in the world with this idea of God is love. Yes, God is love. Okay, he loves the world so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that all those who believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay? But believing in Jesus means believing in a life of repentance and belief. If we are not truly repentant, we are not forgiven. But we are still loved. And that love is for us to be constantly drawn closer and closer to him so that we become more like him and therefore live more a life of repentance and belief. We can't have it both ways. A phrase that comes to my mind is, um, have your cake and eat it. Right? I, I've never understood that, because whenever I've had my cake, I've eaten it. So I don't really know what it means uh, in, in that way, but I know people say you can't have both. They say you can't have your cake and eat it. What are you supposed to do with it then? Um, but that's the point here, is you can't, have forgiveness without repentance. Jesus died on the cross and that was the perfect sacrifice for sin. His death gives us the possibility of life. And that word possibility is key. Jesus' death on the cross doesn't give us life, it gives us the possibility of life. And that life, which Fern spoke about today, of Jesus talking with Nicodemus, and those words, you need to be born again. And other translations will say, uh, be born from above, or um, be born a second time. And Fern made me laugh a little bit. She's like, it's not about like having your mum give birth again. Uh, it's not like you've got to get back in the womb. I mean, that's, that's, that's not possible, okay? 
Um, so you can kind of imagine Nicodemus going, what? I, I've, I've got to do what? And, and you have the ongoing conversation there. Um, I, I kind of... Any golfers in the room? One, maybe. <laughs> this might be lost on many of you then. Um, I'm like, you don't get a mulligan. Okay, you might know what the word mulligan means even if you're not a golfer. Uh, you don't get a mulligan. It's not about having to go back to the beginning and start again. That's not what it is to be born again. Um, and I'm thinking, what is the evidence that you have been born? Well, the evidence is that you're here. Okay? How do you prove that you've been born? Well, you stand up and talk. Okay? Now, you might need to prove where you were born. You might need to prove when you were born, and you do that with a birth certificate. But a birth certificate isn't proof of birth. You are proof of birth. And so when it comes to being born again, you are proof of birth. Your life, as you live it, is proof, proof of being born again. Yeah, it's not a baptism certificate. It's not a confirmation certificate. It's not a story about when Jesus became more important to you than anything else and you chose to live into his, this new life. They're all good and well, but they are not proof that you have been born again. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is you. It's how you live your life. It's the spiritual fruits that you show. That is really how you say, I have been born again. Everyone who believes in Jesus has been born again. So don't get lost by this, um, are you a born again Christian? Well, every Christian is born again. Because if you're a Christian, you're born again. It's, they go hand in hand. You've got to live the life that Jesus is calling you to. You've got to live that life of repentance and belief or you're not born again. Like I said it before, Jesus' actions on the cross where he flung his arms open wide. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but if you go to give someone a hug and you open your arms like that, that's a very vulnerable place to be. Because what if they don't come in for that hug? What if they don't receive and open their arms too? See, Jesus' love on the cross, he was coming in for a hug. He's opening his arms up and saying, come to me, receive from me. I'm opening the gate to the kingdom so that you can come in and live a life with me. Entering into this new family. See, Nicodemus, when he asks that question, and Jesus, when he responds... There's a really extra thing that can be missed here. Because for a Jew then, and even now, uh, the importance about what family I am born in, it really, really matters. Am I a son of Abraham? Because that's the entrance to being in God's family. And Jesus is saying, I'm doing a new thing. I'm starting a new branch to be part of my family, it's a new thing. It's a new way. It's a new family. You don't have to be a son or daughter of Abraham to be part of this family. 
And as a disciple, we get to choose to be part of that family. But in doing that, we are actually choosing to lose. We're choosing to live a life that isn't about me. We're choosing to live a life that isn't about success or winning, but about giving up ourselves and allowing God to lead us. So we're actually looking at, in losing, we win everything. But we've got to lose ourselves in order to get there. We commit to showing the world who Jesus is by what we do and by what we say. We have a Father who is in heaven, as we sang, who is eternal, who is strong to save, and who sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we have that possibility of relationship, so the barrier of sin can be broken and so that we get to embrace him. Remembering tomorrow is Memorial Day. In our faith walk, we have the perfect example to follow. The one who gave the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for sin. And in our walk, as members of this church, as Americans, and anyone else who's watching, uh, thinking about your own nation and those who've sacrificed serving in wars to help defend you. We've got a duty to honor them, to remember the sacrifice they have given because they have given their life in a fight to allow you the freedom to be able to worship God. To allow you the freedom that you experience every single day. So remember and honor the fallen, yes, but only in that bigger context. In that bigger context, in that bigger picture that we see a world created by God, which he loves, and he loves so much that he sent his son not to condemn it, but to save it. John 3, 17, not to condemn it, but to save it. And how I long for a day when we don't need a military. When everyone who is born from above is reunited. When everyone gets to know Jesus and say yes. When everyone, as Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4.14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we give you so much thanks for this day. We give you thanks for all those who choose to serve, all those who choose to put themselves in harm's way so that we may be safe. And we pray for a day when this isn't needed and we know that now is not that day 
but we look forward to a time when your kingdom breaks in in its fullness and there is no longer war. Where spears are turned into pruning hooks. Where we look to you. Where we take the love which you have shown us and it just transforms us completely and utterly so that we show that love in all we do, in all we say. Where sin is no more, where death is defeated and where we can clearly state, where we can say without equivocation that you have won the day. We know that it is only time which stands in the way. We know the war is won, but the battle rages on. We pray, Lord, that you help us fight this good fight as we continue to live a life for you. Amen.